figuring out an Oilers roster for next year. AMK is a serious Oilers fan, a serious writer, and a casual Oilers writer. He just got accepted to some pretty sweet grad programs. All right, so at this point in the season, towards the end here, the most exciting thing for me is watching the AHLers on the cusp of making it to the bigs get tried out in the NHL. Part of that excitement fosters a lot of frustration, though, because those players are rarely used in the situations in which I would like to see them. Sometimes I wish they would just use the last two call-up options soon, just for fun, to give two more people a tryout. Here are some Oilers who could use a turn before the season ends. Linus Olmark is playing on your fourth line or is a healthy scratch. I don't care if you don't think he fits into your team next year, at least give the guy a chance. He played well in his half season last year, and though he's not currently playing spectacular, he's definitely not the worst guy on the team over the last few games either. Hardikainen is getting a decent shot, and they're probably more interested in him for the long haul. I can't really blame them. I like Hardy more as a player. He can score at a decent clip, not as well as Olmark. And he can get slotted into the lineup pretty much anywhere. He does a lot of what Ryan Jones does, but he's more skilled and a bit more physical, even if he doesn't kill penalties. Maybe the old Russian will have another groin issue we can give Wa a look in the bigs. I don't think he has what it takes to be an NHL goaltender, mind you. Maybe a backup eventually. But I don't think it would hurt to give him some minutes, especially if you aren't going to give Dubnik the rest of the starts for the year anyway. Can we see Ryan Keller up here? I know he's getting old, but he's still in his 20s, and he showed pretty well in training camp. He's also the Barons' top scorer. What about Arcabello? No one ever talks about this guy, and he was one of the first sent away from camp. But he seems to be a fixture on the top line in OKC, and he does well. I don't think he's ever been given a serious look, so why not now? If he has no potential, he can be sent away. We're going to need to clear some room on the 50-man roster starting next season anyway and even more after that, with the influx of young guys needing contracts who do have legitimate NHL potential. Can Chris Vandevelde get another tryout for the 4C job? Update, they did call him up when Horkoff hurt himself. Good on them for listening to me. If he works well, maybe Belanger is traded next deadline or sooner, and Vivi can step up without a drop-off. He showed okay in the bigs last year. Better than Omara, I thought, and I was surprised that Omara was the first 4C call-up option used. The other guy I wouldn't mind seeing as a fourth-line option called up is Hunter Tremblay. I knew nothing about this guy going into the year, and I still don't know much, but I do know that he has had a really good season, and he seems to be continuing to gather speed. He has five shorthanded goals in the season, which is pretty ridiculous for a bottom-six player, and he seems to be trusted to protect leads because he scores empty net goals. He also scores in shootouts. For some reason, I think I've heard he can also play center, which would be very helpful. Tanner House is a natural center, but doesn't seem to be getting it done nearly as well as Trombley is, as far as underdogs to make it further. Though his calling card is as a defense first forward, his lack of points might not be a terrible thing, but what is a bad thing that House was one of the few cut from Barons' clear day roster which means he's not valuable enough in the AHL to keep him around for the playoffs. Lastly, we got this guy named Brian Rodney in the Omara trade, who is an offensive defenseman. He sounds like Cam Barker with less upside, but it could still be worth throwing him in the NHL for a few games just to see what he has. 
It's always easier to give players away if you see they aren't on the verge of threatening for a job in the bigs or even a good call-up option. I presume the Oilers only have him in mind as a potential call-up option and more so as a veteran presence on the farm after Helmer is near retirement and since there are about to be a handful of young defenders making the jump to the AHL next year. An aside on the Ryan O'Mara saga. I was surprised when Omar was called up, but even more surprised with what he did with the Oilers, and surprised again when he was traded right before the deadline. Maybe they figured he was at the highest value, and they had about a billion other 4C options going forward, which is true. I would have said the same thing had they dealt Gagne, but now I am thinking that it wouldn't have been terrible if there was a good return. Maybe they tried. Though he's still very young, so you don't totally know what you can get out of him, and I'd hate to give him away for him to start tearing it up somewhere else. And yeah, he's a five-year vet, but he's only 22, and he could still take his game to uncharted territories for him. An Oilers 50-man roster for 2012-2013. So there are more than 50 people that I could see the Oilers signing, and since I think the Oilers pick up a couple UFAs and hopefully make a few trades, predicting the 50-man roster gets even harder. For simplicity's sake, I will assume that there are, they are picking up one NHL defender, let's say via free agency, and leaving the rest as is, though I bet they'll take a couple of college free agents too. So there are more than 50 people that I could see the Oilers signing. And since I think the Oilers pick up a couple UFAs and hopefully make a few trades, predicting the 50-man roster gets even harder. For simplicity's sake, I will assume that they are picking up one NHL defender, Let's say via free agency and leaving the rest as is, though I bet in real life they'll take a couple of college free agents too at least. They haven't made an indication they are going goaltender shopping, which means that next year we might be stuck with Dubnik starting 55 games or so and Habby starting the rest into his retirement. I guess they want to finish like 10th place in the West or something, which is probably about the worst plan I've ever heard. But next year we have five goalies signed. It's Dubnik, Habby Bullen for an NHL. For AHL, we got Danis and Waugh. And for ECHL, we got Buns. Uh, they have Habby, Waugh, and now Buns signed through next season. And unless they make a trade, they're going to re-sign Dubnik. The biggest uncertainty here for me is Danis, who's playing very well in the AHL. But with at least Waugh graduating to the AHL next season, they might want to get him to split time with someone else and free up an NHL roster spot so they might need to re-sign Lenevu to an AHL-only contract and give Danis away. I still think that they give away Lenevu, though, who has been a good backup this year for Danis, getting lots of starts, since he might get some kind of crappy prospect or AHL player in return. That way, they have Danis as the first NHL call-up option again this next year, and they don't have to rely on Waugh, who doesn't look as poised to be in the top league yet. Perhonen and Tuhima, the two overseas goaltenders, they don't need to be signed yet, and perhaps it's North American bias or draft pedigree or because I haven't seen them play, but I'm not really counting on either to do anything. So for the defense, with all the blue liners and junior looking to make the jump, it'll be interesting to see who the Oilers decide to sign in the offseason. It could be a tell as to who they think their best prospects are, but will also be related to their ages and whether they have another year of junior eligibility. I'm going to assume that they aren't dumb enough to re-sign Cam Barker. I'm also going to assume that one of Whitney or Peckham is sent away. Probably Peckham because there will be a team wanting him, and we have Tubert who could maybe take his place in another year. Actually, I'd rather give Tubert away than Peckham, but that's probably because my bias is that I've seen Peckham have some good games, whereas I've only seen Tubert play 
well, like maybe twice. Their age difference isn't actually all that different either, uh, but let's still say that Peckham is dealt. So for the defense, I'm saying we have 14 of them next year. For the NHL, we have Petrie, Smead, Schultz, Whitney, a free agent signing, Sutton and Potter. For the AHL, we have Plant, Tubert, Fadun, Marinson, Rodney, and uh, two guys sent to the ECHL would be Davidson and Blaine. So for the AHL, you'll see that there are five defenders I listed. I saved the last few spots for two AHL-only deals, with one of them being either Yu or Ringwald, who apparently have both played well this year, and Tulipov. The other of you, Yu or Ringwald, can head back to the ECHL and be call-up number one or traded. Normally, few players with NHL contracts are stuck in the ECHL, but there is just no room anymore unless the Oilers are cleaning house. The problem with that is that they don't want to give up on defensemen too early. The only D-man listed here that isn't a prospect hunting for an NHL job is Rodney, and really, you might want at least one veteran call-up option if your team plans on challenging for a playoff spot. I can see one of Davidson or Blaine not getting signed and perhaps Plant traded. I was, it was a bit of a toss-up for me between Plant and Chorney, uh, which one would stay and which one would leave. And I chose to let Plant stay mostly because he's a couple years younger and he's made the first team AHL All-Star uh, team this year. So that's a good sign. Chorney shows well at the AHL, but he's older and in all of his call-ups he looks lost. Uh, Plant does have concussion issues, though. Otherwise, I can see Helmer saying goodbye this year or signing elsewhere for a year since we don't really have room for a 39-year-old AHL-only defenseman anymore. Uh, Montgomery didn't make the AHL clear day roster over Yu or Ringwald, so that's not good for him. Lowry got sent to the ECHL about a third of the way through last year. Uh, but good for him for managing to impress enough to go from nothing to an AHL deal. Uh, I can see him in the ECHL next year, but unless he has a stellar summer, I don't see him back in the AHL for the Barons. I could also see Montgomery in the ECHL, but he can probably get an AHL job somewhere else. So the five defenders I've chosen to keep off this list and have remain in junior are Jernat, Bigos, Clefbaum, Bustill, and Simpson. Uh, it's an age thing. Jernat still has more years he can play in junior, and even though he's a better prospect than Blaine or Davidson, I don't think a year dominating junior will hurt. He still has some defensive liabilities anyway. Uh, Bigos has another year of NCAA eligibility, and I hope he gets the call to the AHL soon since his season's done already. But unless he's very impressive, I bet he goes back to college because of the numbers. The only downside is that he might not elect to sign with the Oilers. He'll become a UFA only a few months after he graduates, and with his size, he'll get signed somewhere for sure, so not signing him might be a risk. Clefbaum has one more year left on his Sweden contract anyway, and he doesn't seem to be tearing it up or anything. He went almost the entire year with zeros across his boxcars. So another year there will be good, I think. No need to sign him because the Oilers won't lose his rights if they don't, as far as I know. Musil should have another year in junior in Simpson in the NCAA again because of numbers. Uh, if anyone ahead on the depth chart doesn't impress, expect them to lose their spot to these guys being graduated in the fall 2013. Now for the forwards. The forwards are also interesting, but to me, the more interesting part of the forwards is who will be on the NHL roster. I think they'll be giving away more forwards than defense because I think they know more of what they have in lots of these players, and it's just a matter of tightening up and cutting off the loose ends. Guys who haven't performed great might be given another year because of draft pedigree and their junior um, superstardom like Pitlick and Hamilton, uh, but there will be a tight leash. So for the forwards, we have 28 in all I have listed for the team next year. For the NHL, we have Eberle, 
Hall, RNH, Hemsky, Gagne, Piarvi, Hardikainen, Smith, Horkov, Belanger, Eager, Jones, Petrell, and Omark. For the AHL, I got Lander, Pitlick, Hamilton, Cornet, Arcabello, Keller, Green, Tremblay, Ryder, Vandevelde, Turvinen, Rajala, Martindale, and Abney. And uh, Kittenar is overseas now, and though I like him, it seems like he's done. At least he had uh, one NHL game early this year as an emergency recall. House has another year left on his contract, but I can see him being given away. Um, there's just better options now. Uh, goodbye, Hoarder Chuck, please. I bet they give away Omar and someone else for a draft pick or two left wing. Maybe Gagne goes or for a goaltender. Uh, Pels and uh, Zerwanka can be returned to junior, but I think there's an off chance one of them makes the majors. Maybe Zerwanka because he's good size. Or Pels, you know, he's had better offensive totals. Kevin Jones is still waiting for a contract, and I think he'll still be waiting, though he is showing well in the NCAA for his low draft pedigree. I'm betting Trauma gets re-signed and VV might not but I'm not sure, so I left him in. That's 47 roster spots. There's room enough to sign their first-round pick and have the ability to sign two more guys. I bet a few of the guys listed above get traded, though, along with others I mentioned, and some fresh blood is brought in. At this point, I'd list the expendable Oilers. I have Abney, Martindale, Rajala, Vandevelde, Green, Petrell, Belanger, Eager, Gagne, Blaine, Davidson, Rodney, Tubert, Plant, Renson, Potter, Sutton, Whitney, Danis, Habby, and Dumnick. I wouldn't trade any of them away for a bag of pucks, but that list makes 21 current players I'd be okay without. Scary situation for next year. AMK may never have actually been to Edmonton. <laughs>